All righty. Good evening, everyone. Hopefully everyone is having a blessed evening as we are. As always, we'd like to say praise the Lord. Thank the Lord for yet another day in the land of the living and another chance to get our acts together. Today is February 22nd, 2024 and week 264. If you're new around here, welcome to join the midst of the storm. And I'm sorry I read the wrong date. It's February 29th, 2024 and week 265. I need to change the picture here. But... The show must go on. If you're new around here, welcome to Join the Midst of the Storm. This is a program where we do weekly live stream Bible studies and shortly upload audio versions to every major podcast platform shortly thereafter. And if you've been with us for a while, as we always like to say, welcome back. Thank you for tuning in week in and week out trying to hear what thus says the Lord. Now, you can't see from the title yet because I haven't changed the picture, but it is a question from one of our podcast listeners, and it asks, am I worthy? So without any further ado, I'm going to pass it over to Minister Tony Banks that we can go ahead and get started with this evening's message. As always, I pray that you guys get something out of it. Thank you very much, Melvin. I hope you guys can hear me A-OK. We're going to go into a word of prayer here. Heavenly Father, thank you for blessing us, Lord, time and time and time again, Lord. We thank you for all the things that you continually do for us, Lord. Thank you for keeping us in our right minds, Lord. Thank you for giving us shelter, Lord for giving us food to eat, for giving us air to breathe, Lord, for giving us strength in our limbs, even to just open our mouths and praise you, even to just clap our hands, Lord, uh, just, just to wave our hands, Lord, whatever it is that you've given us the ability to do. Lord, help us not to take it for granted, Lord. Help us not to uh, take this lightly, Lord, uh, because we understand that you give and you do take away. So, Lord, we're praying that no matter what happens to us in this life, continually remind us that there is a reason to have joy in the midst of every storm. Lord, we're praying for the Bible study tonight that your word would go forth, that you alone would increase and that we would all decrease. Lord, we're praying all these blessings in your tremendous name, Jesus. Amen. Amen. God bless each of you for being with us tonight. Um, I thank God for you guys. I thank God for Melvin being here with me. Um, we are matching tonight. We're twins. <laughs> we did not plan this, but uh, God saw it before uh, we ever made it to this day. So nonetheless, we do thank God for uh, the cohesion uh, and the collaboration that's going on on this program. You know, if we could all just get on one accord, all of the body of Christ. I heard a Bible study on that. I think it was Tuesday. If we would just uh, all of us, we would just get on one accord and learn to work together. Um, you know, th- this the, the the kingdom of God, it would truly function uh, and run smoothly, uh, you know, uh, as we would all gather together and put aside our differences. So thank God again for each of you being with us. Uh, we are coming from the topic tonight of worthiness. Uh, am I worthy? As Melvin mentioned, Uh, A few moments ago, we did receive some questions, and so we're going to address those tonight. Uh, I did have intentions of going in a different direction, but my my mind always, uh, as long as God is in agreement, I'm always willing to go in the direction uh, that those listening would like to go in. And so Uh, especially when I see people who are trying to grow, people who are trying to uh, continue and press on in Christ. uh, Why not 
go in that direction. Uh, I've, I've watched my pastor do this many for, for many years. Uh, growing up, my pastor would always allow people an opportunity to ask questions, and he would change his Bible study um, to whatever the congregation had in mind. So that will be, I will be no different in that regard. So uh, Melvin, if you will read those questions that we received on today, we will definitely head in that direction. Again, God bless each of you. Uh, and, and I thank God for you guys for being with us. All right. Uh, they ask, am I worthy? I wonder sometimes, am I doing enough outside of trying to be a good Christian and following his commandments? What expectations should I hold myself to? In his eyes, are my standards high enough? There's those who fight homelessness or travel the world to help others find salvation to the point of exhaustion. By comparison, I feel slothful. Am I worthy of all that I've been blessed with? So the question is tonight, am I worthy? You know, I, I thought that was a good a good thing for all of us to look at ourselves and examine ourselves. The scripture tells us to examine ourselves. Are you really worthy? Am I worthy? Are you worthy of everything that God has did for us? Ironically, I was having a conversation earlier uh, this week and someone was telling me something along those lines. And, and uh, I won't get into that, but, you know, the truth of the matter is we do not, we do not deserve the things that God has blessed us with. That, that's the truth of the matter. We are not worthy of God's blessings. It's not based on uh, anything that we have did. And, you know, we're, we're going to look at this tonight um, from the book of Isaiah, chapter 64 and verse 6. Now, stay with us now because there's a lot we're going to get into. But just to answer the question uh, from the top, from the beginning, we're not worthy. We don't deserve it. Uh, the Bible tells us, in fact, that the wages of sin is death. I think my wife was telling me either yesterday or the day before uh, there was someone who someone has been given the death penalty. I don't even know who it was. I, I never looked into it. It's just something I was told. But she had told me someone had uh, received the death penalty and they tried to uh, inject this person, I think, 12 times, 12 times unsuccessfully. They could not find the vein. But, you know, I don't know who was giving uh, the injection. I don't know the jury that decided. I don't know the judge. I don't know all of the people who put this person on trial. And I'm sure this person did some uh, committed some heinous crimes. But the truth of the matter is we all deserve the death penalty. That's the truth of the matter from God's perspective. I'm not talking about man's perspective because from man's perspective, we will, we will look at it and say, well, I've never raped. I haven't killed as many people. I, I, I haven't did this. I haven't did that. I haven't stolen a million dollars. So we would look at ourselves from that point of view and say, I don't deserve 
lethal injection. But that criminal there, they deserve it. But, you know, if we look at it from God's point of view, because that's what we're after tonight. Mr. Banks' point of view does not matter. But if we look at it from God's point of view, he said, look, if if you've broken one of these commandments, he said, you're guilty of them all. Sure, you might not have murdered all of those people as that man did, but you've lied. You've bared false witness. You have stolen something in your life. You have fornicated. See, God will find you on something that you did. And he said, you know what? You're guilty of them all. You deserve the death penalty. The wages of sin, according to the word of God, is death. And so that puts all of us in the same category, deserving of death, deserving of eternal damnation, uh, punishment, deserving of separation from God. This is where we find ourselves tonight. But the truth is, God sent Jesus to redeem us. So although we're not worthy, he's worthy. Jesus is worthy. And that's how we will obtain salvation because Christ is worthy. We're not, but he is. So we're going to look at that tonight. From the book of Isaiah chapter 64. And let's pick up verse six. All right. But we are all as an unclean thing. But we are all. See, at some point we have to realize we all are in this situation. Not just the man on death row. See, we're all on death row and we don't realize this. We are all as an unclean thing. We are all this way. Go ahead for us, Melvin. And all our righteousness are as filthy rags. Now, I love this. I love this. All our righteousness are as filthy rags. That tells me I can't brag. There's, I don't have the right to brag about anything because when God looks at me, he still declares my righteousness is as filthy rags. I listened to a Bible study recently and we, we uh, preacher brought up blemishes. And you know, when you have clothing, especially an old rag, notice he used filthy rags. You know, especially when you have a rag and you're using it to clean things, after a while, you'll get a spot on it. The the word of God told us he's looking for a church without spot, without a wrinkle, without a blemish. But in our clothing or in a rag or in any type of fabric, you can try to clean it. You can use bleach. You can use all of these cleaners that you desire. But oftentimes the spot will not completely come out and you will be left with some type of blemish. And, you know, God said he's looking for a church even without that. So as we, the people of God, as we clean ourselves up and we say, I don't do X, Y, Z no more. He said, I don't live like I used to no more. 
I don't lie like I used to. I don't steal like I used to. I don't commit adultery like I used to. I don't murder like I used to. I don't do whatever. Even then, there's still blemishes on your record. We're still not completely clean. See, it's going to be because of Christ. See, he was the perfect example. He was the perfect sacrifice. We're still not going to be worthy. Nothing we can do declares we're worthy of salvation. But I thank God for Jesus that he sent him to take our place and that we now have an opportunity. We now have a right to the tree of life. All because of Jesus, not our righteousness, because no matter what you do, our righteousness is still as filthy rags. It's still unclean. It's still dirty. It's still spotted. It's still wrinkled. It still has blemishes. It still has, uh, we call it stains. There are still stains on our record. But I thank God, even though we are not worthy, he's worthy. And he still cares about us. We're going to get into it tonight, but let's keep reading here, ma'am. And we all do fade as a leaf. And our iniquities, like the wind, have taken us away. Our sins, look, they've led us astray. But glory be to God that even though we're not worthy, you know, the Bible tells us Christ died while we were yet sinners. See, we weren't worthy. Even now, as we still sin, I hope we're not living in sin, though. There's a big difference. We, we did Bible, a Bible study on that some time ago. I don't even remember what it was called. But we did a Bible study, probably multiple Bible studies. Declaring the difference between a righteous person and the sinner. There's a difference now, but still the book declares our righteousness is as filthy rags. We still aren't perfect. If we were, we would have not had any need for Christ. But Christ came because our righteousness, it wasn't enough. Because we weren't worthy to pay our debts to God. So Jesus came. He said, lo, I come in the volume of the book is written of me. So I thank God that even though I'm not worthy, he still, he still sent Jesus for me. Even though I'm not worthy, you know, I want to look at that. Let's look at that, Melvin, from the book of Luke, chapter 18. Luke, chapter 18, and verse 9. Jesus talked about this. Luke 18 and 9. Because we're not worthy, and nothing that we do makes us worthy, but now... I'll have to throw a twist in it, and we'll get to that later. Luke 18 and verse 9. 
And he spake this parable unto certain which trusted in themselves that they were righteous and despised others. See, we can't look at ourselves and think our righteousness makes us worthy of something, makes us deserving of something, makes us feel God owes me something. See, God wants people to remain in their place. He wants us to remain humble. He wants me to remain humble. But what happened was Jesus recognized there were people in this world who felt like they are worthy. They felt like their righteousness was not as filthy rags. In fact, their righteousness was Gucci. (laughs) Their righteousness was Ralph Lauren. Their righteousness was Louis Vuitton. See, their righteousness was worth so much. So Jesus, he told us about this. Read for us, Mel. Two men went up into the temple to pray, the one a Pharisee and the other a publican. The one a church-going person, Pharisee, church person. See, this happens in the church where sometimes People get ahead of themselves and we feel we're too worthy. God owes us something. I'll I'll never forget as long as God continues to strengthen my mind. I remember years ago, a person got in the church and they're halfway living right, halfway, halfway doing what God said do. And now they begin to wonder, God, it's been a, a good month. It's been a good month and a half. Why have I not gotten what I've been praying for yet? God, I've been asking for this. I've been doing what you asked me to do. Why haven't I gotten it yet? See, somebody's starting to feel they're worthy now. Somebody's starting to feel their righteousness should be enough for God to answer their prayers. See, we can't get caught up in this because you said you were sorry for a few things that you shouldn't have been doing. And now God owes you something. (laughs) We can't get caught up like this. So this man, two people went in there to pray. A person in the church and a publican. Now, from what they tell me, publican, somebody who had been collecting some taxes, Somebody responsible for money. Now, we know what happens when people get involved with money. Hands get sticky. All of a sudden, instead of it being $500, it came out to be $150. Somehow, the numbers got twisted up. So, this two people now, two people went to the church to pray. Read for us, Melvin. The Pharisee stood and prayed thus with himself, God, I thank thee that I am not as the that I am not as other men are, extortioners, unjust, adulterers, or even as, as this publican. See, this person looking at their own self, they started comparing themselves. See, this happens in the church. None of us are worthy, though, even if you stop doing some of the wrong that God told you to do, you're still not worthy. 
Because look at how long we did all of that wrong. Look at how long we lived a life that God told us not to live. So how can I, after 30 years, after 40 years, after 15 years of living a life in sin, how can I now start to feel like God owes me something? Because I've lived 30 days right. I've been sober for 30 days. Now God owes me. No. I need to be that way for the rest of my life. And still, God doesn't owe me anything. So this man said, look, God, I thank you. I'm not like this thief. I'm not like these unjust people, these liars, these murderers, these people who are doing all of this crooked stuff. I'm I'm glad I'm not like them. See, I don't do that stuff no more. (laughs) I don't do that no more. See, this person didn't mention that. From the testimony that we're receiving here, they said, I'm glad I'm not like other folks. And they pointed out some wrongs other folks are doing, but they didn't point out, God, I used to be this way. I thank you. I don't do this no more though. See, these are the things that we got to remember. We used to do some wrongs that we might not be doing right now, but we're still not worthy. We still don't deserve the goodness of God, but he loves you so much. He's doing it for you anyway. What a mighty God that we serve. So This is his prayer. This is his prayer. You know, look, if you used to do some things that God told you not to do, we should pray, God, I thank you I don't do the things I used to do anymore. But don't take that and point it at someone else and say, God, look, I thank you. I'm not like Melvin. Oh, boy. He know he's rough. See, that's not a humble prayer. Just thank God you're not like you no more. (laughs) I don't have to point at someone else. God, I thank you. I'm not like Tony used to be no more. You've changed me, God. You've helped me because I know it was by your grace. I know if it were not for your strength, I would not be able to do what I'm doing now. But this man did not take that approach. He said, no, I'm glad I'm not like Melvin. Good Lord. (laughs) Lord, help us. Help us to be better than what we used to be. And once we get better, help us not to look down on the people who are in the same condition we used to be in. Lord, help us. So this was the man's prayer. Self-righteous. Go ahead, Melvin. I fast twice in the week. I give tithes of all that I possess. So now he has to double down. (laughs) Double down on his righteousness to make sure God knows. He said, look, I fast twice a week. You got people around here, they don't fast, not even once. But I'm doing it twice. (laughs) (laughs) And I've paid my tithes. Now, these are some good things that this man is saying. Look, we need to fast. We need to pay our tithes. We need to avoid all of the sins he's pointing out. But not at the expense of someone else. Because there was a time in our lives, I can guarantee, that he did not do this 
And no matter what good we are doing right now, there was a time in our lives we were not doing it. And it probably wasn't that long ago. So let's see what the other man, the publican, the tax collector, the, 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 let's see what this person said. And the publican standing afar off would not lift up so much as his eyes unto heaven, but smote upon his breast saying, God be merciful to me, a sinner. Mm -hmm. I tell you, this man went down to his house justified rather than the other. Now, hold on one second. I want to make sure we realize what's going on. Verse 13 tells us the perspective. The person shows us some insight to this person's heart. See, people say it all the time. uh, God knows my heart. The Lord knows my heart. Sure he does. And he's looking past what you say. He's looking past uh, how we present ourselves and how we look and even the things we do. He's looking at our intent behind these things. He's looking at our desires, our motivations. So this man in verse 13, the publican here, he acknowledges that he's been wrong. He said, God, please forgive me. I know I've taken money. I know I've lied. I know I did this, that, and the other. I don't know what all the man did wrong, but he's admitting his faults. He's correcting his mistakes. And now we find in verse 14, Jesus is now giving us an interpretation of the situation. I want to make sure we understand that we're no longer listening to the testimony of the publican in 13. Now we're listening to actually how Jesus sums up this parable. So read again, start over for us in verse 14, Mel. I tell you, this man went down to his house justified rather than the other. For everyone that exalted himself shall be abased, and he that humbleth himself shall be exalted. Jesus now, he said, this publican, this man who he wasn't paying his tithes, he wasn't, uh, not from what we find, well, I take that back. I don't know if this man was paying his tithes or not. It appears, though, that this is the first time this man is coming down here to get straight. That's what it appears now. The other man, he's already been in the church. He's been in there for a while. He would be what many of us look at and say, oh, he's saved. That's what we would have considered him because he's paying his tithes, because he's going to the church to pray, because he's doing all these things. He's forsaken some sin. But this other man, we would say he was not saved. But you know what? We can't be fooled by any of that. See, God is going to do the ultimate judging. So although it was right for this man to be paying his tithes, to be forsaking his sin, his heart still was not right with God. You know, that's that would be a terrible thing to 
do so much that God asks you to do, to run around, to show love to others, to give to people who are in need, to feed the hunger, to help those who are sick. But you know what? To still end up going to hell because your heart was not right. It was not a pure heart behind it. So Jesus tells us, he said, this second person, this man, he was justified. Why? Because he was humble. Pride is getting the best of us. You know, me feeling I'm worthy is nothing but a pride thing. It's either I'm going to be prideful or I'm going to be humble. Me feeling I deserve God's goodness. I feel he owes me a blessing. I feel like I can invoice him and let him know, God, you owe me $250 worth of blessings. <laughs> because I did a particular work for you, now you got to pay me. See, that is not being humble because it does not matter how much work you do for God. You can never repay him for what he's did for you. That's what this man is failing to realize. The Pharisee, he's failing to realize it. Brother, you could never be worthy of God's grace and mercy. Never. You know, I, I, I was, I actually was planning to talk about Salvation being free or not, we won't get into that tonight. We'll save that for another time. But see, it's a debate. It's a question. Uh, people, people often ask or people often say, salvation is free. Now, I won't get into that tonight. I won't get into that. But I want you to know none of us are worthy of what God has to offer us. But he did it anyway. See, this is the ultimate love. This is love. You know, if you, if you were in a marriage and you gave everything you could to your spouse, but that person continue to mistreat you, continue to walk out on you, continue to uh, attempt to humiliate you, you would feel you deserve to walk away from them. You have the right to walk away from them. See, God has the right to walk away from us because we have not been faithful to him. But through all of that, he still has taken us back. He's still asking us to return to him. And this man, this Pharisee should have realized this. God doesn't owe me anything. Everything he gives me, I ought to count it as a major blessing. So Jesus said, everyone, see, notice the wording, every single person who exalted himself, See, if you exalt yourself, he said, look, they'll be abased. You will be lowered. You will be humbled. 
That's what he's telling us. But if we would go ahead and humble ourselves, he said, I'll exalt you. I'll set you on high. I will bless you. I will cause you to conquer things. I will cause you, uh, I will pour out the blessings. He told us in one place, he'll pour out the blessings. Open the windows of heaven, pour out a blessing that we wouldn't even have room to receive. If you would be humble, if you would realize you're not worthy to receive this. But still, he wants to bless us because of Jesus. I want to go and get one thing before before I I take this in a different direction. Run over, Melvin, to the book of Psalm 8 and 3. Psalm 8 and 3. Because David, I, I love, I love what he said here. King David, he he began to look at this situation. He began to look at it and realize, we really are not worthy of what God is doing for us. So David writes about this. Pick us up in verse three, Melvin. When I consider thy heavens, the work of thy fingers, the moon and the stars, which thou hast ordained. He said, I'm looking at your creation. I'm, I'm, I'm picturing this thing. I'm looking at everything that you've given man. See, God gave the sun for man. Look, I know we complain about the heat and it's too hot outside, but this sun keeps us to where we can survive because otherwise it'd be too cold for us to live. The moon, it keeps us to where we can survive. Otherwise, we would have no light whatsoever. You talk about the bills being high. (laughs) Look at all that God is giving us. Sometimes we look at certain things that God created and we find no value whatsoever in those things. I, I know, uh, I think we've had this conversation before. We, we look at flies, we look at certain insects, certain mosquitoes, and we say, what purpose do these things have? Look, I might not know. We might not know the purpose of all of these things, but you know what? God created all of these things for his pleasure and he created it for mankind. It's according to his pleasure now and his purpose, but it's to help man one way or the other. Read for us, man. Let's see what he said. What is man that thou art mindful of him? He said, as I look at your creation, I'm wondering where does the man fall in this? Where do humans fall in this? Why are you mindful of us? Why are we worthy in your eye? We're not worthy now. The Bible, he told us in one place, uh, we are less than nothing. We're not worthy. But he said, why do you do so much for us? Why are you mindful of us? Why are you always keeping us in your thoughts, in your mind? Why is everything surrounding us? That's what this man is looking at. See, if you realize you're not worthy, you ought to be looking at the situation this way and say, God, why do you consider me? 
Why have you been so good to me, God? Out of all the people you could be good to, why are you so wonderful to me? Out of all the bad things that have happened in my life, God, you've still been blessing me. Why? This is what King David is asking as he's looking around. Why are you mindful of mankind? Read for us, Melvin. And the son of man that thou visitest him. Why are you visiting us? Why are you joining us? You know, when, when uh, <laughs> sometimes, see, God is not like us. We, uh, let me just put it this way. If you don't like someone, you're not going to visit them. You're not going over their house to spend time with them, to eat with them, spend the night with them. You're not doing all of that. So God clearly has some type of appreciation for us. He he clearly has a love for us. He said, why would you visit us, God? Sinful people, people who are on death row. Why do you visit us? I can assure you there are people who are on death row. I don't even know if, uh, if people are allowed to visit a convict who's on death row. I don't even know. I actually need to find that out. Because somebody needs to visit these people. Somebody needs to let them know, even though you're not worthy, according to God now, you're still worthy. We're going to get to it. You still are precious in the eyes of God. He still loves you. We're going to get to it. But this is what David is wondering. Read for us, Melvin. For thou hast made him a little lower than the angels Mm -hmm. and hast crowned him with glory and honor. Look at man. Now, of course, we're talking about Jesus, but mankind made a little lower than the angels. Hadn't God put honor over mankind? I know he did for Jesus, but even just us, Look at how much glory and honor he's given us. He created us in his image. He is calling us his sons and daughters. The Bible tells us not at any point did he ever call an angel his son or daughter. Not at any point did he give an angel the Holy Ghost. See, look at how precious we are to God. Don't let it puff you up, though. But look at how important we are to God. Read for us, Mel. Thou madest him to have dominion over the works of thy hands. Thou hast put all things under his feet. Look at how God, from the very beginning, he gave Adam dominion over the creatures of the earth. You you look now, we have zoos. You got all types of animals in there. Why? Because man has dominion over those animals. Now, of course, things are a little different than, than it was back then because these animals will kill you now. But back then, Adam didn't have to worry about that. But still, we still have some control over these animals. See, 
Um, suppose God, just think about this. Suppose God had given the lion the same mind as a man. Just think if lions were as smart as humans, they could rationally think as humans could. Look, we'd have no chance. (laughs) We'd have no chance whatsoever. See, God gave us dominion over them. He created their minds lower than ours intentionally. So even though those animals can kill us, now God has given us the ability. We're shooting these animals, uh, putting them to sleep, and somebody's transporting them to the zoo. Somebody's raising these animals. Some of them we are somewhat domesticating. And people are going in, rubbing on the animals, feeding the animals. See, look at how God gave us dominion over even the animals. And unworthy people. There was a man that came to Jesus. He called him good master. Jesus said, don't you realize there's none good but one? That's God. He's the only good one. None of us are worthy to even be called good in the eyes of God. That's what he's dealing with. None of us are worthy. But he still loved us. He still loved us. So I wanted to make sure that we understand nobody's worthy. Not the president, not uh, the congressman, not the lawyer, not the teacher. It doesn't matter what position we're in, not the millionaire. None of us are worthy. None of us are worthy. But God still loves you anyhow. And you know what? Once Christ gets involved, God is going to deem us worthy due to Christ. So I want to throw a twist in it. Run over, Melvin, to the book of Ephesians. Ephesians chapter 4 and verse 1. Because although we are not worthy from the standpoint that we deserve something from God, I do want you to know God tells you we better walk worthy. Which means, let me put it this way. Well, let's read it first and then I'll say that. Let's read it first. Ephesians 4 and verse 1. I therefore, the prisoner of the Lord, beseech you that ye walk worthy of the vocation wherewith ye are called. Said, I'm begging you, I'm pleading with you. This is Paul writing, walk worthy of the job you were called in. Which means, let's say uh, you, you apply for a job. You didn't meet those qualifications. And the truth is, even if you did meet those qualifications, They don't owe you anything. They don't have to 
give you the job. You don't deserve that job. Sometimes people look at their qualifications and they say, yeah, I, I, I should get this job because I deserve it. I, I meet all the stats. You don't deserve that job. They give that to you out of grace. This is what's happened in salvation. God's extended you salvation out of grace. By grace are you saved through faith. now, but once you become saved, he says you better walk worthy of salvation. See, you can't get this thing and think you can live any kind of way. If, if you receive a job, I don't care what the job is. Look, if, if you are if you are a garbage truck uh, worker, they're paying you to pick up the trash. You can't get this job and say, I'm not picking up no trash. Who do they think I am? <laughs> Who do they think I am? I'm not picking up no trash. They say, fine. Who do you think we are? You can just stay at home. We're not paying you. See, you've got to walk worthy of the job, which means do what you're asked to do. Do what you're required to do. So though we're not worthy of salvation, though we're not worthy of God's goodness and his grace and his mercy, his loving kindness, his long suffering, his patience with us, though we're not worthy, once we get over into Christ, once we uh, have crossed over and now God is extending his love and care toward us, he said, now you better walk worthy though. Even though you're not worthy, even though you don't deserve it, you sure better act like it. You sure better, you better respect the job that you've been given. We have a job. Jesus said, if you love me, keep my commandments. We have a job in Christ to love one another, to do good unto all men, to walk in wisdom toward them that are without. We have a job. And if we're not walking worthy of this job, if God sees us cutting corners, if God sees us doing some things he knows we shouldn't do, look, somebody's about to lose their job. The job you have in Christ, somebody is about to lose that job. See, God sees how we handle his job. He sees it. See, I might not see everything, you might be able to pull something on me. I might be able to pull something on you. But I can't pull nothing on God. It doesn't matter if it's dark. It doesn't matter if no one's around, if the lights aren't on. None of it, none of it matters. Doesn't matter what hour it is. I say, well, everybody's asleep. Look, nothing gets past God. So he said, Paul, now he said, walk worthy of the job that you were called to do. I, I know the, the person that asked the question, they were mentioning how they'll see people who, uh, they'll, they'll, and I'm paraphrasing, but those people, they'll go to other countries or uh, travel to other states to witness. And, you know, people are doing all types of things uh, to help uh, open their doors to the homeless or something. 
And now, the truth of the matter is, all of us might not be in a position to do all of those things. God God knows what position we're in. See, there was a, there was a, a, a story in the Bible. Uh, Jesus talked about the rich person. Uh, two people were casting in money to the treasury. And there was a rich person who gave of their excess. They gave of their excess. They had some extra money to work with, so they gave of that. But this poor widow woman, she gave all that she had. And the scripture tells us that she gave more, not physically more. She didn't have more to even physically work with. So, for example, if the rich person gave one million dollars and she gave one dollar, the scripture says that one dollar was more in God's eyes. So I said that to say it's not about comparing what we do for the body of Christ. It's about giving your all. It's about doing your part. It's about uh, playing the role that God called you to walk in. There's another uh, there's another parable where he talks about the talents. Now he gave one five and one three and one one. See, God gives us different capabilities. You might not be able to do the same things that the next person can do, but are you doing what you can do? See, God knows. God knows if he gave me the ability to do three, but I'm only given one. See, God knows. So you know as well within yourself, are you really giving what you can? Or are you cutting corners? So Paul said, walk worthy. You better walk worthy of this. Because if you don't, somebody's going to lose their job in God. Somebody's salvation is going to be all for nothing. That's what happened to the man that Jesus was talking about. He wasn't walking worthy. He felt he was owed something instead of respecting the place that God put him in. Read for us, man. With all lowliness and meekness, with long-suffering, forbearing one another in love. Isn't this the same thing Jesus said? Isn't this the same thing? He said, all of us, if we won't humble, he said, if you humble yourself, he'll exalt you. But if we come in high-minded, feeling we're better than someone else, Feeling we're worthy to be here. He said, you'll be abased. You'll be humbled. You will be lowered. The scripture tells us every knee shall bow. We're all going to have to be humbled at some point. See, bowing down is a sign of humility. If people get on their knees, it's a sign of humility. He said, every knee shall bow. So we might as well. Walk in lowliness, walk in meekness, walk in humility now. 
This is walking worthy in God. So if we look at ourselves and say, am I worthy? Sure, we, we're not worthy of God's goodness. But now that we've gotten over into salvation, and now that God has given us a job to do, he said, walk worthy of that job. Appreciate what he's given us. Respect it. Cherish it. And make sure we're giving exactly what he told us to give. He said, forbearing one another and look, put up with people. You know, we, we have a problem putting up with people. We are in the body of Christ and we can't deal with people. We get so, uh, we're so impatient with people. There are things that other people do we can't stand and we're not willing to bear with them. Sometimes people will even say it. They'll say, look, would you just bear with me a moment? They're saying, be patient with me, put up with me. This is what the scripture tells us to do. So if I'm not bearing with someone, am I walking worthy? Being a child of God, am I walking worthy? Read for us, Melvin. Endeavoring to keep the unity of the spirit and the bond of peace. We've got to work on keeping peace with one another. There's a, there's many more characteristics of walking worthy of the job that God called us to do. But we won't be able to get into that tonight. My time is pretty much up. But I thank God for you guys. And I just wanted to share this with you because of the, the question that was asked. But again, we're not worthy. We don't deserve what God has did for us. But now that we've been saved or we're on this journey of salvation, he still tells us, though you might not deserve this, you better live. You better live in a way that God will continue to bless you, that God will save you because you can't live any type of way. That's why I brought up the example of a job. You can't get a job and they tell you how to dress. They tell you you've got to wear this uniform and you show up, you don't have your uniform on. They tell you you need to be here at eight o'clock in the morning. You show up at 10. See, you're not walking worthy of that job. What you're telling them is, I don't even want this job. See, you don't want to tell God you don't want salvation. Because of your actions. You don't want to tell him that. So may God bless you guys. And at this time, I will turn it back into the hands of Mel. As always, I appreciate you guys and may God bless. Thank you, Minister Banks. Uh, good message. As always, um, you mentioned that uh, we did have a Bible study called Walk Worthy. And if you, I do recommend everyone to go listen to that um, on our website. Just go and search for Walk Worthy and it'll pop right up. Uh, we do have several comments, so um, I'll get to those. Casey says, praise the Lord, brothers and everyone. Hopefully everyone is having a blessed day in Christ. God bless. So praise the Lord to you. David says, praise the Lord, everyone. Hope you're having a great day in the Lord Jesus. Sister Rosie also says, praise the Lord. Kim says, greetings in the name of Jesus to all. Behold how good and how pleasant it is for brethren to dwell together in unity. Um, Sus Susie says, keep up the good work. 
for the Lord Jesus' brother. Um, and David says, sin is sin, and we all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. Um, Sister Cynthia says, praise the Lord, everyone. Um, David says, only through the blood of Jesus can we be washed and made clean. It should have been me on the cross, but he took my place. And I'm reminded of a song that uh, we used to sing when I was back in the gospel choir when I was in college. And it was, great is the day. And the lyrics said, great is the day the lamb was slain. And I had no idea what I was singing about back then, but it, I knew it sounded good. The music sounded real good. But now I have a little bit more understanding. That day is great. Great is that day because now, well, because of that, we have a chance and opportunity to be saved, to be redeemed, to make heaven our home. If that day never happened, we'd all be doomed. Um, David says, halfway right is still wrong. We are either saved or lost. There is no in-between. He also says, the only righteousness I have is his righteousness, Christ in me, the hope of glory. And also, the key is this. The scripture lets us know that godly sorrow worketh repentance unto salvation. Um, we have to be meek. Um, like we were just reading in the um, Ephesians, long-suffering, patient. And these are a lot of things that I have struggled with in the past. Um, I would just like to thank God for giving me another day. You know, I say it at the beginning of every live stream. I'm grateful for another day to be on this side of the ground. <laughs> I'm grateful for another opportunity to get my act together because um, God doesn't owe me anything. He doesn't owe me the next the next second. He doesn't owe me my next breath. He doesn't owe me any of that, but he's merciful for me, for everyone that that's still alive. And I'm just grateful for that because I know that I'm not worthy. I know that I'm deserving of hellfire, but he still sees fit to keep me here for some purpose. And I'm grateful to him for that. Um, and I think those are all of our comments. So thank you to everyone that has left a comment. Um, and if you have any more comments, please feel free to leave them down right now or just in our inboxes. Uh, so let's see. We do have Casey Davis, Sister Rosie Kim, Susie, and Sister Cynthia. So thank you guys so much for leaving a comment and interacting with the study. Uh, we do definitely appreciate it. And as my weekly reminder to you guys, we do have Zoom Bible studies every Monday evening, 7 p.m. Central Standard Time. We would love to see you guys there. And as I always like to say, rejoice in the Lord always because today's tribulations are tomorrow's testimonies. Count it all joy. Count it all joy. And again, count it all joy. There's reason to be joyful in the midst of every single storm. If the Lord blesses and says the same, we'll see you guys next Thursday evening with another topic coming straight from the Word of God. Until then, you guys have a happy safe and blessed weekend and thank you once again for tuning in. Thank you for listening to our weekly Bible study podcast. We hope you enjoyed this evening's message. My name is Melvin Corners, here along with Minister Tony Banks. You can catch these Bible studies live on Facebook every Thursday evening at 6.30 p.m. Central Standard Time at facebook.com slash jmsbible. We have Zoom Bible studies every Monday evening at 7 p.m. Central Standard Time. Also, check out our website at jmsbible.com. There, you can listen to all of our in-person, Zoom, and live stream messages along with every scripture we've ever covered. Lastly, we have been getting a lot of questions about how people can donate. We have finally opened up a cash app if you find it in your heart to leave a donation because running these Bible studies takes money, which Tony and I have been paying since we first started. 
That name is dollar sign Joy Storm 12. We appreciate each and every single donation, no matter how small. And remember to rejoice in the Lord always. Thank you.